I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. Alright folks, welcome back to another episode of Ginger and Dutch on the Ginger and Dutch podcast here. Special shout out to our uh, sponsor Maui Jim for uh, the sponsorship. we got a fantastic contest running right now. Free pair of sunglasses, over $300 in retail value. You can enter on Ginger and Dutch 1 on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Dutch, let's get into this tonight. We just came off a huge day at the PGA of Ontario Championship. You were the honorary starter. Yeah, was I was able to sneak in there and uh, catch a few of your announcements until they gave me the boot. But uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see the video uh, that comes out. Yeah, it was two fantastic days at the golf course. We had a, a fantastic champion. We were a little close on our picks, which we'll get into when we talk to golf. But let's get her rolling. Uh, NHL, uh, we did fantastic. For all those people that ribbed us about not knowing hockey and stick to football and golf, well, shame on you. Uh, last time I checked, Big Ginge, 6-2 with the Chicago Blackhawks, who you got ripped about. So you picked an upset at 6-2. and two. I went 5-3 and three with the Montreal Canadiens and Carey Price stealing yes, the show. Did. Yes, you so did. So 5-3, 6-2. I don't know. You do the math. That's 11-5. That's damn good. Better than any prognosticator betting. That's for sure. So. CBS Sports. ESPN, TSN, we were ahead of all of them on our predictions, so stay tuned because here comes our picks for the final 16 and the actual playoffs starting. They're actually going on right now. We're in triple overtime, Columbus and Tampa Bay. I'm calling it the revenge series. Let's talk. Let's figure this out here. Where are we going? Yeah, let's, uh, let's get in right into it with the East here in the NHL, and like you said, it's the official NHL playoffs have begun. Um, we've realized that the Leafs team is just not good enough oh, to win in the playoffs. Just pathetic. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Sorry, Leaf fans. But uh, I told everybody, I tried to warn them, but they didn't listen. They haven't been listening for years, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I'll bleed the blue and white too, but they're just uh, that squad's not good enough. So let's get into the final eight in the East. And we'll start with a surprising Philly squad that uh, came out in the round robin and just dominated everybody. And they're playing your... Lovely Montreal Canadiens, uh, who Dutch picked a couple nice upsets on that side. So um, that's a one versus eight matchup. We know it's really a one versus twelve matchup, but um, let's start with that one first. Dutch, uh, you've got to stick with your Canadians, no? Of course, I'm sticking with them. I'm sticking with Carey Price, and I know you can. We can all say Carey Price stole the show, but you know Pittsburgh really just didn't play that good. Carey Price in those four games, I'd say a game and a half, he was dominant, but. I did say Philly, Montreal in this round, even though they flip-flop, which we knew this was going to happen, listeners, so we knew we weren't going to be bang on with the predictions as far as who they were going to play next, but Montreal's going to take them down. They're, they're, it's going to go long. It's going to go six, seven games. I, I have it at seven, but I'm sticking with the prices right. Philly's hot. Philly's hot right now. Um I gotta go, I gotta go against you like I always do, and yeah. and you know what I, I just I'm not buying into Montreal winning in two of these series. Okay, they got by Pittsburgh, yeah, and I I lost on my Pittsburgh. I thought it was the 
the swan song for Crosby and the boys, but they just flat out didn't show up. They didn't even look like they wanted to be there. So. No, um, but but Philly's motivated. They they dominated Tampa and and Boston and um, and uh, Washington in the round robin series. I think they're ready to go. They've got a talented squad. Well, hey, I, that's got, a, I got to go against you. I'm, right. I'm taking Philly. That's the first series that we're going to disagree on, and I know there's many more to come because I think sticking with the East, the Boston Bruins against the Carolina Hurricanes, who looked very good in this little prelim. But I'm I'm going to say Boston wakes up here. I'm going to say the Bruins wake up here, and I got them whipping them down in five. It's a, a, a they're. I think they just coasted through, and I don't think they really cared who they played uh, coming up here. I'm taking Boston five games to take down the Hurricanes, and I know you're going to disagree because we chatted about it. I agree. Um, in one aspect and one aspect only, that the Bruins took the round robin lightly. They were setting themselves up, getting themselves ready to go. We are going to see some Boston Bruins hockey from here on out, but I think the Carolina Hurricanes are ready to go. I think they're going to be able to withstand the test from the Bruins. The Bruins are going to try to play rough and rugged, and I think Carolina's going to outskill them, outspeed them. And I got Carolina um, in a de facto number five seed. We know that's not where they would have finished up in the, the true regular season, but yep. um, I got Carolina on the upset. I, I got Carolina. They're my little uh, sweetheart upset pick here in the East. Two for two. Two for two on uh, disagreements here. Well, you and suck now, because I'm going to beat you on this uh, this little round here. Next up, what's up? So now we'll go on to the uh, two versus seven matchup. In the what you call the revenge series, like we talked about, we're in triple overtime. I don't know where we lie right now, Dutch. Still, still going, still going. It's still going right now. So um, we both had Tampa going deep in our preliminary uh, picks there. I don't think much has changed on that. And I, I just Columbus had enough to get by Toronto, but I don't see them having enough uh, to get by uh, Tampa Bay. No, and I think all their guns are still there. You know, there was a little bit of worry with Hedman, but he is in the lineup tonight, and he has been playing limited minutes, but he's been playing. It's 2-2 right now. This is a big game. And this could be the biggest game of the se- the, the, the the entire series, triple overtime. If, if Columbus does beat them, ooh, uh, we're going to start to have to backpedal a little bit. But I'm sticking with Tampa Bay. I'm calling it the revenge series, like I said. Um, hopefully, we can update you in the next 10 minutes before when we finish up our pr- uh, predictions here. Um, and hopefully, Tampa can steal game one. Uh, leads us to the fourth series, which is the Islanders and the Capitals. Oh, my Barry Trotz. Blood My bow. Barry Trotz. You got Barry my- Trotz. I got bloodbath. This is a good rivalry. This is the Metropolitan Division. This is a this is a big big time rivalry. These two these two teams have played in the playoffs before. before. They haven't. Yep. They don't like each other. I know it's not a major, you know, it's it's a little bit different, but they don't like each other. It's going to be a long series. Ultimately, Alexander Ovechkin takes it down 7 games. I've got Washington beating the Islanders. Well, you know, Dutch, 2020 has been an interesting year and with the COVID-19 pandemic, and everything's just been that little bit different. And I think the Eastern Conference Division and the NHL this year is going to be a little bit different. Are you just disagreeing with me on purpose? So that's three of the four series that were opposite? You're well, trying to like state your claim that you're the NHL guru now? I'm not stating any claim. Listen, I went 6-2 and two in the first round, and I'll have a little humble brag here, but... 
I ain't stating any claim. Uh, you know that NFL is my forte, but um, I just think it's going to be a little bit different this year. I truly do, and and I think that you know we got Philly, I got Carolina, I got the Islanders. I, th- I just think we're going to see some different teams in in the uh, the final four in the East, and uh, I think the Islanders are going to take them down. I, I, All right. It's just a little hunch that I got. You know me. Sometimes I, I don't need to back it up with stats or or facts. Uh, sometimes it's just a little gut feeling and. That's how I'm finishing out the East in this, uh, you know, top eight in the first four series here in the uh, the Eastern Conference. Well, if finals. we if we don't split two and two here, you're gonna have a huge lead in the uh, in the bold predictions as you've got a one game lead on me right now. So let's flip to the West. What's uh, what do we got here? We got another four games to decipher. So we'll start off with, obviously with the one versus eight, uh, Vegas versus Chicago. You know where I'm going with this, Dutch. The listeners know where I'm going with this. I'm going with this. I don't think I need to say much more. Thank you. <sighs> the Blackhawks were all business. And yes, I picked the Oilers to go deep. In fact, I picked them to go to the finals this year. And uh, yes, I'm wrong. That's okay. I lost Pittsburgh, yeah, so that's you, fine. You can take the beats. All in all, we, we like I said, we did good picks. But I, I think uh, I think Vegas is uh, is poised, and I think they're going to take Chicago. I think that they little good. they yep, look good. I think the little honeymoon is going to be over, and I think it's going to be a long series as well. And, and I hate to, to, to bend that whole seven game thing, but it, it's going to be a seven game series. I think Vegas is going to outwear them, wear them out, and and outlast. And they're going to take them down. Yeah, that'll, that'll be the uh, the thing for Chicago is, is can they last with a with a tough, heavy style of Vegas? Vegas is a, a team that likes to get down and dirty, not afraid to get into the corners. They've got some good, rough, rugged guys, and they've got some good scoring with Pacioretty and some other guys that have have come through. So, um, and they got good goaltending too and good defense. Yeah. So they're a good squad through and through. And and there's a reason why they're back up at that number one seed in the West. Uh, in their inaugural year, they went all the way to the finals, and this could be another run. But I got to go with my sweetheart Blackhawks. So that's four to five that were opposite, which is really cool. This is getting fun. This is getting fun. So let me pick the next one here. Let's uh, let's let's go down to Vancouver, St. Louis. Now they 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 had a, a playoff series. Uh, I think it was a couple years ago. They had, yes, a, they they had a good battle. Um, but I'm sticking with the chance here. I think they're going to stay in it. This is the big series. They kind of, kind of lollygagged through the uh, the round robin as well. But I think they're going to step up. I think they're going to take down Vancouver in six. I just think there's still a little bit too much youth there with Vancouver. Not enough experience for playoff. And the, the St. Louis Blues are going to uh, proceed to the next uh, the next round. Dutch, I'll take one step back here. And I'm going to agree with you on Oy! this one. I'm going to agree we got, with you on this we got one. a winner. We both, we both had uh, St. Louis going through into the, the semis in the West in our original picks. And uh, we can't back away from that. You, you nailed it. Uh, St. Louis did what Boston did. They lollygagged through. But I just think uh, they're a flat out a better team than, than Vancouver. Vancouver, um, it's just too too much up and down with Vancouver. And unless uh, your boy Jacob Markham shows up in, in net, that's the only way I see Vancouver sticking with this series and, and being able to push it to six or seven games. Yeah. Uh, and even then, I don't know if they've got enough to get through. I just don't know if they've got the scoring. They're young up front with uh, with Besser and the guys. Um, they're still learning. They're yeah. still learning how to win. They're still going to learn how to win in the playoffs. And a veteran St. Louis squad. Um, tons of experience on St. Louis. And they're Stanley Cup champs. I mean, tons. Yep. Just, there's just too much there. Too much. Too many pieces there to lose in the first round of the official playoffs you, you can't you can't disagree on that so um can you hear that listeners can you hear that that's the avalanche rolling 
can hear it, listen to it, because that's the Colorado Avalanche rolling over the Arizona Coyotes because this isn't even going to be a series. It'll be done in four or five. The speed, the talent of the Avalanche, I had them going deep into the playoffs. No change here from Ginger on that side. The Avalanche are going to roll over the Coyotes. I really want to disagree with you. Uh, The Coyotes looked fantastic in their series, but I can't. So I have to agree with you. I think the Colorado Avalanche are going to be good and they're going to Easily take down Arizona. And you know what? Key X factor. We're finally getting to see um, our former boy who couldn't stay on the ice because he was a meathead in Nazem Kadri. And I think he's going to be a big X factor this series. What a huge goal. He did. On in that he series. did. And that's yeah. why I said I think he's going to be a big X factor. I know you have some of the big guns there with McKinnon, etc. Colorado's going to take that down, which gets us to the last series Calgary, Dallas. Come on. We got to keep it in Canada. We got to have one team in Canada. I know they're playing right now. They're up 3 2 in the third. Game one. I'm pumped. I'm going to really jump on that bandwagon. No Toronto left. I'm going to I'm gonna be riding the horns with Calgary. I'd like to see them make a deep run. I think Dallas just isn't good enough. I think Dallas isn't good enough. Calgary wins in six games. Yeah, you got Montreal on the other side, uh, Dutch, and, and why not? You got Montreal in the east, and, and you got Calgary in the west. Um, listen, uh, when we had our preliminary bracket there and, and the way I lined it up with, with Dallas being the number four seed and they would have played uh, Chicago in that bracket that we had set up, yep. I had Chicago win anyways. I yep. just don't think Dallas is good enough. Um, and now that they're up against Calgary, Calgary's, I think Calgary's going to roll them too. I think Calgary's ready to go and they're going to make a little bit of a run here. I don't know if they've got enough to get to the uh, the Western Conference Finals, but they've definitely, in my mind, got enough to get by Dallas. So we we agreed on a few here on the west side. Yeah. Uh, on the east side was a little bit different, but... Um, It'll we'll... be interesting to see, and, I, and we will recap for uh, for our listeners for sure um, how we finish off, and we'll, we'll do this each series as we keep moving forward. But I do want to update our listeners. We're getting into some some serious um, you know potential record time. We're, we're 10 minutes left in triple overtime. We're almost into quadruple overtime. We're, we're, we're getting into quadruple overtime. And I, and I, and I will remind you that uh, back in the day, I was at a very, very long game. And I remember it to a T. Buffalo Sabres against the New Jersey Devils. I'm a big Devils fan. I always was a Devils fan growing up. Saw them at the old Coliseum in Buffalo. Watched a 0-0 triple overtime. Dave Hannon scored with 5 minutes and 19 seconds left to win in triple overtime. The Devils did end up going and win that series, but it's so cool to see overtime. And I'm glad during the pandemic and COVID-19 that they've kept it the way it is for hockey. We could be seeing history. Like I said, we could be getting into quad overtime. But enough of hockey. That was a great segment. Let's, uh, Let's get on to the next stage. Yeah, so we've had some great guests on from the MLS, Eric Zavaleta. Uh, we expect more from, from some TFC guests, and we've covered some some MLS soccer along the way here. So let's uh, give our listeners a little update as we approach the finals tonight. Uh, we got Orlando versus Portland. What do you think, Dutch? Um, what a, not what not a, really the best scenario for the MLS. What a sexy matchup. No? Nah, I know. I know. I said I wasn't going to watch, and, and I did tune it out for a little bit, but... I'm excited to watch it tonight. I, I'm not going to lie to you. 
I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I, I think Portland is the class right now. They've had a very, very good showing. They took down a bunch of good teams. They had the LA, LA Galaxy. They took them down. Uh, they beat Houston, and they they had a draw with the other LA team. So they're, they're poised. They look like the best team right now, uh, ready to go. Orlando, absolute Cinderella story. Taking advantage of a little home field advantage. I, I think you're weather. right. I think what you're do you right. Think? I think it's home field advantage. I think the weather is a big thing. This isn't like a bubble where you're in a court or you're on the ice like NBA and NHL. Controlled temperature, right? Controlled temperature. NH or the the MLS. Orlando's used to playing in this heat, and maybe all these teams aren't used to it. And it, it's showing. You know, Oscar Perella, who's the head coach for Orlando. I didn't expect him to turn it around this fast, but he's done a fantastic job. It's been a huge surprise, and he's made a big, big impact. Big impact. I think Portland still is going to take it down. They're they're here to win. Um, it's a big, big, big thing. They earn a CONCACAF spot in the Champions League. Yep. They've got some big boys that have been stepping up through the way. You got Sebastian Blanco. You got Jeremy uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, Ebabizi. Um They're going to be the difference makers. I, I think they're going to take him down tonight. I think Portland wins 3-1. That's my prediction. Um, and you've got a little cash on the line tonight. There's some, some money guys. on the line. So, so these guys are playing for something here. Yep. Um, I'm interested also to see how the MLS rebounds off of this. I think they have gained a few viewership uh, along the way. I'm not sure, so much sure in Canada. Uh, but I know the American side, um, it's been going on down there on ESPN and, and some of the other networks. So that's nice to see for the MLS. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they spin it off into their season. Because I know that's something that we talked about on previous podcasts. Sure. About how they could get things rolling. Well, yeah. And it was a standings changer too, right? So some of the standings have changed. And, and I think it's good. And, you know, back to the coaching. You know, I, I, I had some good constructive criticism from one of our listeners with regarding NHL and, yep. and, and coaching and, and, and that he disagreed. How much it matters, Yeah, right? and, and I think, so, and I took it back, and I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe you're right. I, I, I'm going to, you know, we'll agree on a little bit of it here and there, but soccer is a big thing. And you know what? If you can buy into a system with soccer, because there's very limited goals and the way they control the field and ball possession, and depending on if they're going to attack or if they're going to defer, you know, these guys make a big difference, and there's a there's a bunch of new coaches in the MLS. And like I said, back to Oscar Perella or Pereja, I should call him. He's done a fantastic job with Orlando, and and they may be a big difference maker in the next couple uh, couple years. If they're going to win this tournament, I see it being a one nil game. If they're going to lose, Portland's going to take them down with the boys. Uh, the big boys, the uh, Blanco's going to put a put one or two in, and and I think they're going to finish open it off. up a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah and I think you know what is is from NHL to um, a lot of these sports. Anytime you, the to me, the more players you have involved, i.e., the NFL with eleven players on the field at any given time, twenty two on both sides. Um, same with soccer across from European to MLS. The more players you have involved, the more coaching is involved, and the more coaching will have to do with it. I, I, I don't think any of our listeners or nor us can deny that fact. Yeah, you know when you got to coordinate eleven guys, or you got to coordinate um, even five guys, for instance. NBA, I kind of give that the exclusion because we know that you know the ball's in the hand of one person. The best Le- player is Le- the best Le- player. LeBron James, Kyle Lowry. Um, yeah, okay, we talked with Paul Jones about OG opening up the offense and, and giving him, but effectively, 
at any given point in time, whether it's 15 seconds on the shot clock or, you know, um, Crosby's carrying it in past the blue line, the puck or the ball is going to be in the hands of the player you want it to be. The in. player's the player, and they're going to do they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, but the more players you have involved, the less control you have as a coach, but the more control you have in the rest of the players around yeah. um, to be able to be in the right positions, and the more um, prominent that becomes. Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Totally so agree. big night tonight. Obviously, MLB still holding on. We every single day we get more cases left and right and center and back and forth and different teams here and there. But um, our, beloved, our beloved Blue Jays are making their debut tonight um, in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Obviously, Buffalo's spruced up that field. They've done some good things. Sure. Guys are going to be familiar with that field. Well, we were just talking about that, and you know, it's a shame that you know you see a, a former Blue Jay who I liked, even though he wasn't. Um, Everybody top of the list, but you know, Strowman opted out. So I did see that, right? There's another guy opting out, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Tonight's their home opener in Buffalo, and you're right, there is tons of familiar faces. Listen, they're five and eight right now, they're not off to a good start. Now, I know that's 13 games in, they're they're getting close to you know, a quarter of their season already done with the 60 game season. Yep. But you got Vladdy, you got Biggio, you got Bichette, you got Peterson, all these guys have played in that place many a time, they're familiar. Now we're starting to get, to get some home field advantage here. I, I think this is the time that they can turn it around. They, they've been off to it. Listen, Vladdy's been terrible, okay? He's batting 240. He's only got one dinger. He's off to a terrible start. Biggio's off to a terrible start. He's batting under 200. Their team is not good. No, a bright spot? You got Teoscar Hernandez. Yep. Okay, the guys had 15 hits, dingers, four dingers, dingers right seven center. RBIs. He's, he's rolling, man. He's doing great. Bobachet, we don't have to talk. We know he's a legit star, of course, and of course the, the kid, right? Nate Peterson's had two starts. He's been he's been really Solid. really good. Solid good. Um, their pitching hasn't been that good. Shoemaker and and Rio have had one great start yep. each, one and great then start each. Yep. one terrible start, yep. and then another mediocre start. So they're not getting quality pitching right now. But more importantly, you look at their runs. Come on, man! They're leaving. They're leaving guys on base. They're not putting any runs on the board. They're in a bad, bad situation right now. And 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 if they don't get any better, these other big, big teams like you were gonna say the same old teams, the same old players, they're starting to 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 perform. Can the Jays turn this season around? Do you think? Yeah, I think you know you've heard some of the uh, the guys in, on uh, prognostication and, and with the MLB talk about. But what I see with the Blue Jays is they just got to get back to basics, and you, and you nailed that their Dutchess um, just start driving the runs in. You know, don't worry about so much about hitting dingers. Let's just start moving um, base runners around the base pads, getting driving guys in singles and doubles, and and getting back to. You know, ball on bat. You know, it, it's not about forty-two dingers this year. No, you're, this you're, you're the, not going to hit forty-two dingers. This, this, this is a New York game season. That's right, and it's a sixty-game season. You know, there's going to be a huge asterisk around your season, Vlad Guerrero. There's going to be a huge asterisk around your season, Bo Bouchette. Whether whether you win or not, and I'm not talking about a team perspective, but just about on a purely stats perspective. When you go to these MLB reference sites and all these sites, is you know. Everyone's not going to consider it a full year. They're just going to consider it what right. it is. That's right. So if you guys want to move forward and, and get used to winning and learning how to win, 
just get back to basics and start moving guys around the base pads and and doing what you what you did on AAA when you guys dominated in Buffalo. Yes, so. that's right. That's right. Like I said, they're not the New York Yankees, right? No, nope. I know the New York Yankees. Okay, they're ten and six, but you know you don't have the big bombers, even though they've lost Stan for a while. You know, Judge is on fire right now. The guy's had eight dingers. He's at up to nineteen twenty mm-hmm. RBIs. Yep. Right, but then you flip it over and you look at the Oakland Athletics. Twelve and four Over-time. start. Everyone in the lineup is producing. That's what we want the Blue Jays to be doing. Their pitching's been solid. Um, they're they're a, a, a solid team that that's not that they're doing everything right right now. Yeah, and I think that's what we want from the Jays. That's what we're looking for is the fact that let's take advantage of a shortened year. To me, the expectation when I look at the Blue Jays is this is still a very very young baseball team. Yep, still learning. Um, learning how to compete in the MLB. So let's just play these 60 games yep. and and maybe do things a little bit differently to try to take advantage of it. And yep. if it doesn't work, um, it doesn't work out in the end. But um, let's get some confidence up. Let's get some hitting the ball. Um, you know, 230 and 200 for these for these big-name guys that we had a little bit of a higher Un- expectation unacceptable. for. Unacceptable. It's just... It's just not what we're looking for, and and let's change the approach at the bat. Yep. Um, and see if that helps a little bit. Yeah, unacceptable for sure. And before we before we get into the National League, real quick, um, what about the Donnybrook, <laughs> Oakland Athletics, Houston Astros? Like, come on, are we not over this? You know, there's a big dust up. They have a big brawl. You know, they're throwing the ball at big old friars who call fires or called them all out. And they had a bench-clearing brawl. Like, sorry, I thought you guys said you were over Houston Astros. I mean, they're a bunch of scums. The entire team. It's ridiculous. Except the fact that you made the mistakes, you did what you did, but you're going to call out your buddy and you're going to, your, your former buddy, and you're going to beat them and, and cause a big brawl? I wish they would all got their heads knocked in. Listen, baseball's a traditional sport. And these guys are traditionalists. And the, the, the MLB... And the Houston Astros, they felt the Houston Astros specifically felt embarrassed, and the MLB and the players felt cheated. And they are going to go at it this year. And this is this is not forgotten, Dutch. This, there's right. no way there's no way they're setting this under the table. No, nope. they're throwing behind guys. The the Astros got the most guys hit right now in the MLB. Yep. Um, and they're going to continue to throw at them, and they're going to continue to set the precedent. And the Astros aren't going to take it lying down. No, because they clearly they're a, didn't. They they're just... a prideful squad yep. with some good veteran players who feel that whether they cheated or not can still produce in this league. And uh, they're going to—they're not going to take it lying down. They're going to fight back. And yep. I think we're in this for the long haul here yeah. for the rest of 2020. Yeah. And then what about the National League? We got you know the same old teams. You got the you know the Cubs are off to a fantastic start. They're 10 and three. Uh, you've got the Dodgers, of course, eleven and five. Oh, the Rockies. Okay, they're not always the same old teams, but they're eleven and four. You know the team I like the most? I like the Atlanta Braves. I, I really do. They're they're you know they're only a few games. I think they're eleven and seven right now. But they've got a real good squad. They've got you know they've got Acuna, who's a absolute killer Monster. young stud, and they're veterans, man. Freeman. They got Marcakis. Ozuna, they got Travis Darnold. I really like this makeup. And if they can get some quality pitching, that could be a team that surprises. That could be a team that actually goes. Now, I know when we get into the playoffs, it's all about pitching. But last time I checked, uh, uh, what's the big superstar guy that just can never win a playoff game? I don't know. What's his name? Max? Uh, 
Scherzer? Uh, I think so, right? So it doesn't matter. I, I, I really think Atlanta's got a chance. I mean, I know you've got your guys. You've got all your, your superstars and that, but there's some good there's some good teams there. Yeah, there is, and, and I think with the pitching aspect, you, your only worry is the big Canadian boy going down with the torn ACL, right? That really, really hurts. Um, you know, he was their race. He was their fireball. He was their guy that they would go to when they needed a W. And and now who's that next guy would be my only question on, no, you're on, right. on, on the mound, right? And, yeah, pitching and, makes a big difference in the playoffs. Um, yeah, you can get through. We've seen that with, with certain squads with, um, you know, Tampa and the athletics and going to this relievers first and, and all that type of uh, analytic type of play. And, yeah. But, um, you know, who's their guy when it comes down to it in the end, when it comes down to October, when you need a W and you need somebody, when the bullpen's tired and you need somebody to get you six, seven, eight innings, nine innings, who's going to be that guy? I'm not saying they don't have him, but no, um, somebody's got to step to the plate. But, but, but in baseball, it's totally different than any other sport because who's your guy? Well, you know, there's a lot of teams that have guys. Uh, last time I checked, the best baseball player in the league. Like Trout, I say. Guy comes out, he's a little late starting, five dingers, 11 RBIs in 12 games. That team's not even going to make the playoffs again. So it's okay to have a big gun. Okay, we, we I, I just mentioned Judge, and, and yeah, the Yankees are probably going to win that division, and they're going to be there. But in baseball, is totally different than basketball or, or that, 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 that ultra sport where, or, or let's say the quarterback, let's say Mahomes, or when we're talking any of these other ones. Baseball is such more of a collective sport that it's not just one player. Like they have to have everything working in order to make in order to to dominate in a playoff series. Yeah, <clears throat> but what what you find in in baseball is that that the runs come straight down. So those dominant hitters, um, the ability to change pitchers and do all those things, takes the advantage from the hitters away a little bit. And I just don't know if the staff in Atlanta is deep enough to uh, to be able to do that. But, yeah, well, that's good. Know, that's good. We'll, we will break it down when 60, they get sixty games. I think Dutch will help. Yeah, I think uh, you know you're not relying on your big gut, your big guns as much, um, and you can get away with some of these mid range guys having good years and um, not having to throw as many innings. Yeah, and still being productive, getting through those innings. Sure. Well, we're you know we're going to break that down as we get a little bit later to the the season and once we get into the last few games we will definitely do what we always do with all the sports when it comes to playoffs we're going to break down the playoffs we're going to pick our matchups etc we got some real cool things happening coming up uh nfl is about three four weeks away Mm, yep it's about four weeks away about four weeks away so when we come back from break we're going to get into a new segment you're going to talk about it's not a new segment but we're going to break down some some key positions in the nfl um we're going to have some fun with it i'm sure we're going to argue i'm sure we're going to have some fights with it but um, you want to take us to break? Let's take away the break. G&D listeners, if you haven't followed us along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, make sure you do at Ginger and Dutch One. We got a beauty contest going on right now, giving away a free pair of Maui Gym sunglasses. Shout out to our Maui Gym sponsor. Thank you very much. Catch you on the flip side. It's not Starsky and Hutch, it's Ginger and Dutch. Real life passion for real life sports.
All right, listeners, welcome back from break. Hope you enjoyed a little segment there from Ginger and Dutch here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Dutch, um, let's get into it. We got a little NFL talk here, and uh, you know we looked at the schedule here, and like you said before break, we've only got a few weeks here before the NFL starts up. Aren't let's you talk. excited? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting excited. I know there's a little bit of a down with with the fact that college football's up in the ears, and there's a few of them canceling, and it might the whole season might be washed. But let's just get into NFL. I know we're going to break down the three big positions: RBs, QBs. Wide receivers. We're going to start with our running backs tonight. We're going to go top five. And it's top five. Maybe I'm wrong. You and I are going to argue here. But it's top five running backs currently in the NFL on where we see fit. Is that how we were going to go with it down this road? That's what we agreed to What we agreed to argue. Okay. Top five running backs here in the NFL. And I know you're going to use that point because we've discussed a little bit before. But... Um, I'll let you start off with the running backs because I know there's one running back that, that's close to your heart. I won't call you a homer, but he's close to your heart. But uh, I'll let you start off with the running backs, and, and next week we'll, uh, or two weeks from now, sorry, we'll get into uh, the, the wide receiver position. So Sounds start good. us off with running backs here. All right. Now, I'm going to base mine a little bit differently just on based on, on, on their ability to play the position the way they want to play the position. Meaning, if you're a, a running back that's a pounder and ground pound, no problem. But if you're a running back that has a that can catch, that can run, that can block, this is where I have my positions. And I know you're going to say, oh, well, he's a band-aid, this and that. I don't care. I don't give a shit. The way I'm looking at it is this. We'll start with top five. And I know there's 10, 12, and you're going to name all them all off afterwards. But top five. And sorry, folks, this isn't fantasy talk right now, but top five. Kamara is five in my books. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. He had a down year, but he's just like two other guys that I'm going to bring up in the conversation here. He still averaged 4.7 yards per carry. He had an 80% catch rate, which was his career best last year. And he just doesn't get utilized the way I think our number one pick gets utilized because there's nobody else on there. You got to remember, you got Lat Murray last year. He took a ton of carries away. You got Michael Thomas, number one wide receiver in the league. The fact that Breeze is, all he wants to do is chuck the ball. And when they bring Taysom Hill in there, you know it's not going to go to Kamara. So he's my he's my number five. Yeah, I think with Alvin Kamara, there's, I don't have an argument here. I, I had Kamara at four. Okay. He is a very, very talented running back. He can do whatever you want, whenever you want it. You want to go in between the tackles and get three yards? He'll shift and make like a LaShawn McCoy, and he'll get you three yards. You want to bounce it to the outside on a sweep? He'll get you seven yards. You want to split him outside as a wide receiver? He can do everything. He can do everything. And and, um, there's no doubt in my mind... There's just too many weapons, and there's just too many guys on New Orleans for him to put up the statistics and and be the fantasy guy that that everybody wants him to be or what he was um, three or four years ago. When you look at 2017 and 2018, when he had 13 touchdowns, and 2018 and when he had 18 touchdowns, that's right. That's right. He's not going to be that guy. They've 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 developed that offense, and they've gone to Michael Thomas, like Dutch said. Right. And I think you've got him in the right spot. There. So we'll Dutch, call it as it is because I think he's a solid running back, and it's just the format. And and that brings me to number four. And I know you disagree, but but I've got Dalvin Cook there. Band aid, no band aid. He's rounding in a form. You give him a 16 game season, 
okay? And the stats don't lie. The stats will show. He can do everything, just like Kamara and like our number one pick, which we're going to get to. Here's the problem. The O-line might be an issue. I get it. The O-line might be an issue. And you also have a guy like just... Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting Cousins in the same category as Drew Brees. But Cousins likes to throw the ball around. You got Thielam. You got the new rookie kid, Jefferson, coming out. You've got some good talent. Are they going to give the ball 50% of the time to Dalvin Cook? Well, maybe not because you say he's a Band-Aid. But I think he's a top four. And that's where I have him in. Number four as my top four running back. You know what, Touch? Um... I'm not. I'm not going to use the inju- injury against him here, but the injury is fact. the The kid had an unlucky rookie year there where he got hurt. He's missed a couple games in year two. What we saw here this year from Dalvin Cook is a dynamic playmaker. I'm not going to argue that. Nobody can argue that. But what I need to see from Dalvin Cook moving forward is the same season that he had. They gave him an opportunity. They phased Stefan Diggs out of that offense this year and went to Thielen a little bit more. Diggs had less than 100 targets this year. That's astronomical to me. That's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL that you're not giving an opportunity to. I get it. You're not doing that because you have a top 7, 8, 5, 4 running back that you also want to get the ball to. No problem. But show me for one more year, Dalvin Cook, that you can stay healthy and that you can do this at a productive level, and you're damn right I got him in my top five. But right now, he's just outside of that. Okay. So you're going to tell me in a minute who you've got in yep. replacing him. So number three, I've got uh, the big boy. Totally different style. The true beast mode. Throw Marshawn Lynch out the window here. But Mr. Henry... Proved to all of us that a 247, or sorry, he's bigger than that, but he had a 247-yard game. The guy's a beast. He trucks people over. They want him to hold the ball. They want to bury bury the D-line and just keep pumping and pumping and pumping. He's a workhorse. If they keep giving the ball 30 times a game and he can hold up, he's a number three running back in the NFL, and he did some damage in the playoffs this year on their Cinderella run from the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think I get it. There's a lot of people that uh, will look at the NFL, and they will have Derrick Henry in their top five. I do not, and I disagree with you 100%. I think Derrick Henry is a one-trick pony. I think he, he fits what Tennessee wants to do, and that's back to your point about you know, what teams want to do and what the game plan is. But when you are talking about the top five running backs in the NFL, and when I look at that and when I hear that statement, I want somebody that can go to any team in the NFL, that can go to Carolina, that can go to Miami, that can go to New England. You don't think he could? Yeah, you did. anybody can go anywhere, Dutch. But what I'm saying is, is that They've got a great offensive line in Tennessee, and they've got a great head coach. We've talked about this when we did our NFC or AFC so, so, South yeah, breakdown. Yeah. That they want to play down and dirty old school football. They want three yards in a cloud of dust, and Derrick Henry is the perfect guy for that. I will never argue because any of that. Because the team's but to tell me that Derrick Henry is a top five running back in the NFL, 
I think you're full of shit. So you're gonna throw in you're gonna throw in a guy like Ezekiel Elliott probably in your top five. You're damn right I will. Well, why? Because they have the same off- off- offensive line. Derrick Henry's way no, better than Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott's developed a, a game where he can catch he the can, football. He can out barely of the catch the ball. That's only because they have it set up that way. I don't think he can catch shit out of the backfield. Come on. You're not going to let him catch the ball out of the backfield. I think Ezekiel Elliott's 7, 8, 9, and I know you're going to have him in your top five. But come on. You can't tell me that Henry, that Ezekiel Elliott's better than Henry when it comes to sheer running of the football. And that, oh, because Elliott's going to catch the ball. Well, the style of Tennessee Titans is not to have their backfield in Derrick Henry catching the ball. Then why did you pick up Deion Lewis? So that he could catch the ball out of the backfield. So then how is that guy in the top five in, in, the, in the NFL? If, you, his, if look, you need to go get another running back to catch the football out of the backfield, then how is this guy in your top five? Because he, he's the, he does the bulk of the carry. He does the load. Deion Lewis is so there for a decoy. It? So no, he can't handle it? No, he's there for a decoy. You're full of shit, man. He's the decoy. Okay. Let me just, let me just read off a few. 1,600. 983 in 10 games. 1,400. 1,357 yards. 56 out of 64 games with over 300 touches per season. That, folks, is Ezekiel Elliott. And that, folks, is a top five running back in the NFL, quoted by Ginger. Barf. Barf. Okay, get to your... Double, you number two. two. Number two. Saquon Barkley. Guy's averaging 100-plus a game. You know, I know the injuries slowed him down last year, and it's too bad the rest of the team's garbage, and they don't have the best of offensive line. But if you put Saquon Barkley in your Dallas Cowboys position and chuck the Ezekiel Elliott out the window, all those numbers and the jargon and the BS that you just gave me and all your stats and all your crap, sorry, Saquon Barkley's going to triple that. Well, maybe not triple that, but you know what I'm getting at. Okay, I think Saquon Barkley's Barkley's a real deal. And I think he's a, a far superior running back. And the stats will show down the road. He will be the man in that division. And he'll be the best running back in that division this year. Mark it down. Dutch said it. Forget Ginger and his posts. I like it. I like the, I like the brass. I like the, uh, the energy there. What I like about Saquon Barkley that he did this year. Obviously, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. But 91 catches. 91 catches. We talked about that Kamara point. Um, and we'll get to what our is our unanimous pick at number one, and I'm yep. pretty sure the listeners uh, who follow the NFL know where we're going. But uh, that's impressive to me. That's changing your game. When they stack the box with seven, and they stack the box with eight, and your offensive coordinator wants to uh, throw you out in, on the wheel route to the outside, or throw you on the flat route to the outside, and you can catch the football and gain six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve yards, and you can. Stay in there on third downs and pick up the blitz on third and long because we know Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, whoever was that quarterback this year, uh, had a lot of third and longs. Um, and you're on the football field for that. You're a complete back in the NFL uh, to me, and you're in my top five. I can't argue that uh, on that side. Well done, Dutch. On that well, pick. I like it. I like it. We're on a. We're on it. We got a good rank going on. We all know who number one is. And, no doubt. And there's no doubt. And and and. I don't want to retract and go backwards here, but would he be number one if he's on another team is the big tell question, which we'll never know. Christian McCaffrey, hands down, has does everything for that team. He's nearly 60% of their, their, their touches 
per game. Last year, he had 116-plus receptions, over 1,000-plus rushing, 1,000-plus catch, 19 or 20 touchdowns. The guy's ridiculous. He does it all. And I'm not going to say what you were about to say to me with Dalvin Cook, but one little flick, one little injury, and that team's nothing. This guy's a workhorse. He does, he does it all. Man, let's hope he stays healthy because he's a treat to watch. Carolina, enjoy it while it lasts. I know your team's still not going to make the playoffs this year, but he's the number one running back in the league, hands down. Absolutely, Dutch. There's no questions asked here. I'm not getting into the stats. You nailed them right off the bat there uh, with 116 catches, 1,400 rushing yards. The list goes on and on. What I love about McCaffrey and to me what I look at in all of these and all of my top five running backs is this guy hasn't missed a football game in three years. This is that. Folks, let me repeat this. Three years. The, the average lifespan for an NFL running back is less than two seasons. This man has not missed a football game in three years. This man has also had 926 touches in the NFL with 250 60-pound men chasing after him trying to tackle him. Unbelievable. This man has also only fumbled the football four times in those 926 touches and only has only ever lost two of those fumbles. This is by far the best running back in the NFL. Nobody can argue that. If you want to argue that, you can go out to left field in Buffalo. You can go play with the Blue Jays because there ain't nobody listening because Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL, period. It, well said, and it's just too bad that he's uh, he's not on a, a winning team right now. He's trying to make it a winning team, and I can't remember where we have him predicted. I have to look back into where we have, but I don't see them making the playoffs this year, but McCaffrey is the real deal. So, well well done. Great job. Can I run down my quickly? Yeah, yeah. Quickly. Tell me where you were you were go, you were because I know we uh, you threw a, uh, threw me for a loop with we, we're going to argue about Zeke no problem but you threw me for a loop with uh, one of your other guys in there so fire away. So from five down to four for for me I had Saquon at five, I had Kamara at four which we were very close there. I actually had Nick Chubb in there at number three. I okay, think, which we're going to talk in a sec. Yeah, yeah. I think Nick Chubb's a dynamic playmaker. I had Zeke at two, which we which McCaffrey. we laughed at, which I laughed at. Yeah, and I had McCaffrey obviously. So so why, so why Nick Chubb? No, and I like Nick Chubb. I think he's he's top ten material for sure. But why why Nick Chubb? Like where where do you why do you see him in there? I'll go back to my McCaffrey point. Two seasons hasn't missed a football game. Okay, he's played in every single football game. Yeah, thirty two for thirty two. I love the fact that he was over a thousand years, a thousand yards rushing in his first year. Yep, fifteen hundred this year, and yep. the receptions are starting to come up. Yep, um, you know he's up almost to forty receptions. I see him as just a home run hitter. He's the type of guy to me that can just take it to the house at any point in time. Yep. and when you put up fifteen hundred yards in the NFL, and you're splitting with. Uh, Kareem Hunt yep. on the backside of last year. Yep. And there's some other options in, in OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Yep. Um, I think that uh, you're going to be a top five uh, running back in the NFL. And a little sleeper pick that I see coming out of Georgia this year for our fantasy football fans out there. DeAndre Swift. Out of Georgia. Same college as Nick Chubb. 
guys, just take a peek. DeAndre Swift is the same type of running back. He may not be the home run hitter as, as Chubb is, but this guy can do it. He's shifty, um, and he's going to be a solid, productive running back in the NFL. Yeah, and then there's a few other guys there. We never even mentioned Lindsey. He's phenomenal. Ingram, Gurley, uh, the list goes on. Fournette, Leonard Fournette, he's fantastic. And I know he's 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 left to, to hung out to dry where he's playing, but right there's and Joe Mixon. Yep. Right there's 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 some quality quality guys. You could argue any way you want. Um, and and I'd love to hear. You know, maybe we'll put a little poll out there on our uh, on our Facebook page who you think the top five just no no reasons why just who you think's top five running backs and i'm not talking fantasy folks i just want to know who you think top five running backs are and don't be homers chester um don't be homers <laughs> um but let's have some fun with it okay um for sure and and fournette's a guy that um falls under the radar and he's a guy that's not happy and he's gonna be a big value trade in my mind i talked about this on previous podcasts I think he's going to be a big value trade uh, late in the year. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dutch, enough of blabbing on about the NFL here. Let's flip over to uh, our forte here and let's get into a little bit of golf before we end this thing off here. Let's finish it off with the PGA. But before we uh, we get to that, I'm uh, looking at my phone here and we're in quadruple overtime. And they're about four minutes in and it's still 2-2. Columbus, Tampa Bay. Calgary took down game one. So that's nice to see. We, we were right on that so far. But huge game. We're getting into some serious. We, we might have some historic numbers here. I, I, I believe that it was. There's never been a five overtime period, I believe. I'm I, pretty sure you're correct. I believe. So we're getting into some historic numbers. Like I said, we're four minutes into quadruple overtime. Thank goodness that game started at 3.30. Yeah. Oh, man, it could have went forever. I know we're going to air tomorrow, so the listeners will have to kind of catch up to where we are. But um, PGA Championship, wow. What a finish. Star in the making. I know we briefly mentioned him. He was in the likes of Hovland and Wolf, but Colin Morikawa... Third youngest ever to win a major. He stands in the likes of Jack and Rory ahead of Tiger just by a couple months. But what a show. What a golf course. I'm so envious that I didn't get to play there. I know we're going to get back. We still have our tickets. We're ready to go. But the shot of the tournament, the shot of his career. 295 yard par four on the 16th hole and we talked about it today at our local Ontario PGA Championship having a short par four reachable which we saw some of our local pros knock on the green and won. Phenomenal. 294 hits a butter cut to six feet. Colin Morikawa drains the eagle putt. What a finish. What a champion. What more can you ask? PGA Championship, um, five holes to play. You've got six guys tied for the lead. Um, you got a mixture of guys that have won majors before and guys who haven't won majors before. And uh, comes down to a young California kid. Did CBS, Jim Nance, and, and the crew take it that, that little step farther as they always do? Of course they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to build the next star. They're looking for that guy. We've seen that the whole way through the only guy that we've really been able to hold on to here in the last 10 years you know you look at the likes of Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka is is the only guys that have continually run one multiple majors Um, every time this new young guy wins yeah Jordan Spieth Justin Thomas these guys and then the next the next star and it just kind of fades off so 
let's just pump the brakes on this kid. Let's just have it like a nice bottle of wine. Yep. Let's just sit it down, let it rest, let him play golf, let him be who he is, and let him develop. Yep. And maybe we will have that nice bottle of wine in five, six, seven, eight years. Because if we continue to push it, or we open that bottle of wine a little bit early, then it won't be as good as we thought it was going to be. Yep, yep. And it might be a little bit too soon. So let's just relax. The kid is phenomenal. He played a great golf tournament. He played the best on Sunday out of any of them. Paul Casey, by the way, played really, really well. He did. But just yeah. didn't have enough. Yeah. But um, let's just relax on it and let him be. Yeah, no, I I agree on that for sure. And you know what? We had another solid week of picks, and it just goes to show you how hard it is to pick winners. I know we had two winners of the last four weeks, and, and we were quite proud of our picks. There was over 150 guys in this field this week, and between our six picks... We didn't have anybody outside of the top 33. Yep, I had the top 35. You got it. Six guys all made the cut in the top 35. We had a, two T10s, a T20, two T29s, and two T33s. Well done. Fantastic picks. Even though we didn't pick a winner, sorry, listeners, but we're uh, we're still holding on to our shekels. And I know a few of our listeners reached out to me on Sunday, um, and I was made Dutch aware of it. A few of our listeners made a few bucks off of even those picks. So, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple of the fan duels, a couple of the other uh, the picks where you're, 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 you're making multiples and uh, into these little pools. So so well done, and uh, and thanks for uh, for trusting in our picks. we got some beauties coming up. Um I want to just touch on Tiger real quick. You know what? He's going to be ready. Don't you worry. He he's gearing up, uh, and even his own caddy called him out. Um, Joe Decava, uh, he, yep. he he called him out a little bit in a jokey way. You're going to see Tiger start to play uh, in in these last two or three events for sure, leading up the FedEx, and he's going to gear up for the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. I think he's going to be a factor there, and no doubt we all know he's going to be a factor at the Masters, even if it's cold. Um, I do not care. I still think he's going to be a factor there for sure. So um, what about what happened today at our golf course? Come on. Wasn't it an unbelievable, unbelievable spectacle to watch some of the local pros in Ontario play and fight for the PGA of Ontario Championship? Yeah, an absolute honor as as a local head golf professional and you as a director of golf, John, um, to host a, a tournament like that. Really, really proud to uh, to have it our, at our local golf course. And, and what a finish. We had uh, one of our local pros, David Sheeman, birdie in four out of the last five holes. Um, Canadian Open representative, two or three time. Victor Tchalski, uh taking down the tournament. Uh, minus six, great minus, score. Minus six, 68-70 on a, on a tough golf course at 6,800 yards. So uh, extremely proud to have that, and yeah. I'm sure you are too. Yeah, absolutely. And we had some fun. We we made some uh, some funny picks there, and and I had uh, Mr. Nick Kenny. He uh, he finished T four, and you had Billy Walsh who finished T fifteen. So even we can pick those guys too, and we still had a good good outing. Yeah, we're just hot with our golf picks right now. So keep tuning in, listeners. Fire it up. Let's go. We got what do we got here? The Wyndham this week. Yep, I'll it's a little bit lower field, but you start off. We got some great picks. I got a, I got an awesome sleeper for you guys this week. There we go. Uh, Sedgefield Golf Club. Um, really excited. North Carolina. I wanted to talk about it because I know we, me and you have been to North Carolina ourselves a few times. Yep. I know how fast the greens are down there. Uh, playing Cedarwood Golf Club, uh, Golf and Country Club. 
Piper's Glen in the local area, half yep. an hour away. Uh, some of the fastest greens that we've ever played on. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I'm going to pick some guys that have shown some good form and, and some sleepers. So my big gun, as we always do, I'll start with my big gun of the week. Showed some really good form, finally showed up, getting used to uh, the new golf clubs, getting off of Homa, and that's Justin Rose. Ah, hold on, I got the same pick. You know what, and the reason why I picked him, I picked Justin Rose as well. I got him in the top spot here. He, he wins these type of meaningless style events, and, and you know, he's had a top 10 finish here. So, go on, I, I, I like that pick. Yeah, and I think he's finally starting to feel comfortable with his game. He's got that little buttercup back. And uh, I think Rosie's ready to show up, and I think he's going to be back on track here love it. in 2020. Love it. Love my, it. My solid pick, he's shown great form. Three uh, top 20s. I think four out of the last six events he's been inside the top 25. Um, Harris English, the big boy, southern boy. Like it. Real solid. Uh, hits the ball a country mile. Harris English is going to be my solid top 10 pick of the week. And my sleeper, Harold Varner. Oh, Varner. Lit, lit it up. Air it, Jordan. Lit it up on uh, on Sunday at the PGA Championship. Made a late run to get up inside uh, the top 20. And I think uh, he's going to show some form. I think he's flying under the radar as, as he always does. And Harold Varner's my sleeper pick here at the Wyndham Championship. Well, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I don't have either of those guys, but I do like those picks. So we're going to give some listener, our listeners some good some good style here. So my, my two other picks... Other than roses, I've got Ryan Moore. You know, I love the makeup for him. Um, Haven't he, heard that name this year or much, well, much but here we go. Funny enough, he decided. So I think this is a pure business decision. When you want to talk finances, he decided not to play in the PGA Championship. He had a spot, and you wonder why didn't he play in a major? Well, he decided not to play in that major. You know, because he's won here before. And I really, truly think that this is a business decision. I think he can put some money in his pocket, secure his card, keep things rolling. And I really like Ryan Moore in this position to be a top five, if not a win. And you know who else I like as a dark horse? And some may not say he's a dark horse, but Brent Snedeker. Boom. The guy's won twice here. Magical. Yep. If everybody recalls, he had a 59 here. Dutch, those are some fantastic picks. And I hope our listeners can make a few bucks and continue along with us on that hot streak. Dutch, I'll sign us off here with some closing thoughts here from the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Uh, Guys, make sure you're tuning in and following along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ginger and Dutch One. Shout out to our sponsor, Maui Jim, for a beauty sponsorship this week, giving away a brand new pair of Maui Jim sunglasses. And listeners, we are going to be taking a little vacation next week. We will be off next week, so uh, we'll catch you back in two weeks. Working harder on landing a huge guest coming up, so we'll be excited to announce that on all of our social media platforms. And signing off for the Ginger and Dutch podcast, and thanks for listening. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. Ginger and Dutch.